0: to encourage you, to equip you, and to empower you to fulfill God's divine destiny for your life. Jen Tringale, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited about this podcast. As you know, I usually have a guest and get to sit down and hear stories of some amazing people that I get to meet that I love to get to tell their story and get it to all of you that are listening. And today, this podcast is very special because I have not one, but three very special guests. And this is sort of a family podcast today. I have with me today my grandmother. I talk about her all over the country, and sometimes I get in a little bit of trouble for that, mm-hmm. but Billy Mae Burkhart is with us today. Mamaw, it's so great to have you here. It's very gracious of you to ask
1: me. <laughs> well,
0: I couldn't think of anybody better. So for those of you that are listening, I grew up in Kentucky, and we call our grandmothers Mamaw. And so I'm so thrilled to have her. And then, of course, I have my amazing mother, Jean Tringale. Mom, I'm so glad you're with us today. I'm thrilled to be here as well. Thank you. And then my Aunt Jennifer, who I am named after, Jennifer Peterson. Aunt Jen, I'm so glad you're with us today. It's an honor to be here with you, my sister and my mother, Yes, so we have just had a few days together. We worked in a girl trip while we were all here together. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, every time we're together, I am reminded of, first of all, the incredible legacy that I get to be a part of, and just all of the amazing gifts and talents that are in our family. So before we get into our topic today, I'm going to tell a little bit of a bio on each of you. So my grandmother, Mama, you had your own radio show for just under a decade. You wrote for a major newspaper here in town. You worked with the transit system, the tank bus system, for just under a decade. Worked for the same cosmetic company for over 40 years. And then you also owned your own bridal business. Absolutely amazing. All of that was in one woman's life and you're still going amazing and then mom i get to brag on you a little bit Jean drinkiel an entrepreneur for i don't even know how many years now 30 something 30 something years you started out in advertising you worked for one of the major advertising companies in the country. Producing television commercials and advertising campaigns for major clients here in the United States. Absolutely tremendous. And then for years, I know I've watched you just being involved for nonprofit and for profit event planning, publicity, marketing. And then you had your own home interior store for a number of years, which was really great when we had access to all of that. <laughs> And then my Aunt Jennifer, her and her husband, Jim and Jennifer Peterson, have been in the ministry for over 32 years. Yes. They were my children's pastors (laughs) when I was a little kid, but 32 years of ministry pastoring. And then now, just seven years ago, you launched and founded Kids on Stage Fine Arts Center right here in the Northern Kentucky area that's just growing and growing every year. So. Needless to say, there's really not a slouch among us. <laughs> it's just been amazing. But I really wanted us to, to just spend some time talking about, we all know so many women that are so full of such potential. Yes. But I think in this day and age, we can all see women, maybe more so than ever, pulled in so many different ways. And I think a lot of times it just leaves women going, is there even any way... even find out what's in my heart let alone do anything about it you know and how do i make that connection so i thought it would be great if each of you would just share maybe a little bit of what your journey has been like and is like that would just help mom i wanted to actually turn to you first because i think that you had more of a non-traditional path of both ministry And also finding all those places where the gifts in you connected to God's purpose for your life, you know, and finding out what that was like.
1: Well, I think one of the things that we didn't really list in the resume was the work that we do in the hospitality industry where we help local restaurant owners that own independent restaurants, to consult with them, zero in on what their issues are, help to promote them, get their social media started. Being in the hospitality industry and helping your dad, my husband, all these years, it suddenly developed into, through answering a call for help at church where they needed someone to prepare meals for visiting ministers, it sort of developed into a whole ministry of our own. I always Mm. think it's interesting that it was just, sure, we'll step in and help prepare the meals that they need for this two-week-long conference. Just by saying yes to helping, it turned into a full-blown ministry of our own, of ministering to pastors and pastors in our local area, and then bringing in pastors and ministers to minister to the pastors, they're often overlooked and don't get ministered to. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we have them in for a night of a great meal, time of fellowship, and time of being ministered to. And looking back, it all started from, will you help us feed these visiting ministers? And grew into that. So we were able to kind of combine all of the things that God had gifted us with. And
0: we've been doing that for several years now. Wow. And I know because you and Dad have owned restaurants mm-hmm. and sort of having that that just looked like its own business, you know, a stream of income, and then how the Lord took that and used that in ministry. And I, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, people come even coming into the restaurant and, you know, it would turn into a ministry session or a counseling session, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then to see that, progress. I know I got to be there for a couple of those events where in New York, where you all live, you'd have a group of pastors come in and just put on, you know, we're not talking about a potluck dinner. I mean, this is just a really beautiful spread and just, you know, really a delightful evening. And then you have a special minister there, just a minister to them.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm.
0: that's something And Aunt Jennifer, you can probably speak to this. People don't really think much about. Right. ministering to ministers exactly. right. making that investment which is a pretty big deal mm-hmm. I, I
2: agree and th- something about robert and Jean is they've never just done one thing it's always dovetailed into several yeah. areas of ministry and we talked about this just a few minutes ago they also have this ability to know it's a professional line to know how much to give when to back off yeah. Sometimes ministers just want to be left alone, or I have seen her graciously gear someone you know, yeah. to a different couple, knowing that the, the pastor either just has to get up and minister in a moment or yeah. just has and needed some rest. Yeah. She has a unique gift of putting that fine point on everything she does, and she has this ability to just know mm-hmm. what to give. And she does an amazing job at it. Yeah, amazing job. Hospitality is not, you know, throwing an apron on and right serving you a coke. It is a huge yeah. Ministry. It takes an anointing I absolutely. Mean,
1: well, it is. It's something that I before thought. Everybody does this and realized it's not. It's a mm-hmm. specific thing that God gifted us with. Mm-hmm. That's good. And one of the most wonderful things is being able to step into a ministry that uses that gifting that is not necessarily something that you see a lot of people doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was following what God had put in you, those little nudges of you need to pick this up and the pastors come and you find out someone needed that. It's listening to the Holy Spirit about anything big or small and just saying, you know, I think it would be nice to have the pastors over to honor them and bless them with a meal. And by the end of the night, you're seeing certain ones grouped together that needed to hear what an older pastor had to say they're ministering wow. to a younger yeah. pastor That's in the really group good. the young one is lighting a fire afresh in an older pastor mm. it's knowing everyone in the room is a pastor and understands what the other one is going through yeah. but it really comes down to just listening and trusting that the holy spirit is in it and he's guiding you you don't have to think about it you just do how he's guiding you and it all ends up being exactly what was needed that night. That's so good. And I love seeing him do that. Yeah, I love the pastor saying, this is a safe, wonderful place to be and I've needed this. Yeah. And they're from all denominations. But yeah. it is a unique ministry. But I think that what we've done... What I just said about listening to the Holy Spirit and acting on it goes across all ministry lines. It goes across all areas of our lives. Of yeah. Maybe you don't have a frame of reference for it, but if you just step out and obey, yeah. this whole new thing opens up. That's pretty
0: powerful. So really, what you've watched is a gift of hospitality, how the Lord can use that to really just be what's facilitating a moment that God's been trying to create Mm -hmm. to make happen so that he can do through that moment what he's been wanting to do. Mm -hmm. And that he'll use hospitality so many times to do that because it does bring people together. Right, Right. And um, I think there's probably a lot of people... And I bet you've met them that maybe have that gifting or something similar Mm -hmm. that have not maybe made the connection of, wow, God could really do something with this, you know? Right. And it doesn't just have to be pastors. It could be
1: one young mother needing the friendship of other young mothers, Mm. and she steps out and invites them over, and they get to share with one another in a safe place with a group of like-minded people who understand each other and yeah. you find out I'm not the only one who thinks this way or feels this way, but we try to always have someone there that's at sort of the next level up or has been there yeah. where this group is and they know how to help guide them through it. Yeah. So that happens whether it's teenagers, young moms, empty nesters, singles, yeah, whatever you are, step out and minister and step out into what you
0: need that's really good so aunt jennifer i want to ask i think that your path has been really interesting in that of course i've watched you and uncle jim in ministry all these years over 32 years in ministry and then all of a sudden about seven years ago you find yourself sort of back at a beginning place so Mm -hmm. to speak right birthing something completely brand-new, what has that been like, and is it weird that it happened when it happened?
2: Well, it was brand-new, although I felt like it's always been a part of me even ever since I was a child. I've always wanted to sing and act and be in the theater And up until I was about 28, 29 years old, I really thought that was my path. I had been pursuing music and, you know, recording and doing some things. And then... Didn't you have a record deal at one point? I did in Nashville until the studio burned to the ground with my master tape in it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Crazy story. I often
2: think that God literally saved me from that industry. Wow. But I gave my heart to the Lord, and that set me on a, a path different, although the Lord allowed me to use my giftings in that area. But when I got saved way back, you know, in the 80s, you did not pursue your career, in, especially in entertainment and the church as well. So I put that on the back burner, and I met my husband right away. He was a children's pastor, and we went on the path of children's and youth ministry, college age, All types of ages, really. But I was able to use my gifting in the church to a certain degree. Yeah. There were times that I would dream of, you know, drama and music. And I always sang, of course. That was a Mm -hmm. gift
0: that the church will always use. Yes. And you led dramas. I did. For years, which I think all of us were in some Mm -hmm. of those at one point. Some of the most amazing
1: children's Mm -hmm. dramas in church that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But there was still
2: a certain parameter, mm-hmm. not that I do anything, you know, un like now, but right. there was just a certain way you did church dramas, and it was, you
0: know, two times a year, Christmas and Easter, of course. Yeah. And, I mean, production quality-wise, exactly, you could only sort of right. go so far, and you coming from the actual right. theater industry that knew what excellence looked like, I think that's mm-hmm. had to have been limiting. Yeah. And I found myself in a position where
2: Jim, my husband, was always the children's pastor and, you know, always was children and youth pastor. And we were really doing several different ministry groups to where they asked me to be the children's pastor. And I knew I couldn't do it the way my husband did. Mm -hmm. I'm not children's camp and you know you were there building all the things that he would build but I got an idea one day you know I told the Lord okay I'll do this but I have to do it my way yeah or may I do it my way I think is what (laughs) I said so instead of teaching Bible stories the traditional way we began to act them out Hmm. and so the children became Moses and Mary and Miriam. And we ran the plays over and over and over, even within just a Sunday morning service. And so they were getting the word in them in a dramatic way. It started to reignite that stirring of, oh, I wish I could work in drama with children full time. Hmm. So, you know, long story short, but we found ourselves planting a church, very small church, And suddenly, a friend of mine called me and said, I have a tutoring center here, and I have four or five children that would like to take a drama class. So I thought, oh, I'll teach, you know, a four or five week drama class. And we did, and it was fun, cute. And then they said, okay, they want to take another one, and you should put signs out, and you should do this. And it grew from three or four kids in a classroom situation to having 25, 30, sometimes 50 children show up for a play. And I've written a lot of my own plays, but we've also done plays. And I was at a place where I was running my ministry, literally out of my dining room table, back of my car. All my props and everything were in a storage unit. I was getting very weary of, really, is this how it's going to end up? I just, I was really discouraged. And so I went to see your mother at her lake house and just to rest and really pray and seek the Lord on some things. And we had numerous conversations. And you know, of course, your mother is an encourager and never a quitter. And she just began to encourage me to go back and find a place. And she said, is there any place? Have you been looking? And yes, I've been looking. And the only place I can find is this church. You know, I actually did a couple of shows there. And I had told the pastor, if you ever left, please call me. And I said, but it's not available. And so we just prayed. And I left, you know, encouraged and refreshed and came back. And there was an email on my computer from the pastor that said, we're moving. Do you want this place? Wow.
1: Can I interject? Of course. I think one of the things that God did during that visit is something that I noticed that day. And it was... You were talking to somebody that you knew had your back. We Mm -hmm. sat down and had a purposeful strategizing session Mm -hmm. where we laid out what is your dream and your vision. What does it look like in the natural to make it happen? Yeah, that's what's good. on your heart that God is showing you, regardless of whether it looks like it can happen right. in the natural, but what's on your heart to do? Mm-hmm. And we literally mm-hmm. mapped it all out. Yeah. When you do that, with somebody in a safe situation that you're not afraid, well, if I share every dream, they're going to run off and do it. It was a safe environment. We prayed first, and God showed, these are the things you already have in place. This is sort of hidden. You forgot you had that in place. And now all you need is this piece? Mm -hmm. Well, that's nothing. Let's pray. And literally within, what, a few days, Mm Just yeah. all came together. Right. Wow. But right. I really believe it wasn't because it was me or the lake house or anything. It was that you set aside time to really get rested first and then pursue yeah. that dream That's and good. that vision. And it's important for us to find someone who's safe yeah. that we can focus on it. It's not, hi, how yeah. are the kids? And by the way, I have a dream. What do you think? There's my phone ringing. It's a purposeful time Mm -hmm. to strategize. And that kind of helped me for future projects to set aside that time to do that. That's really good. Well, and I think
2: as women, we have a tendency to not set aside that time because there are so many things that we have to do. We talked a little bit before. I don't know that I could have done this when my children were little. Mm. When my children were little, We were involved in children's ministry and youth Mm -hmm. ministries. Mm -hmm. And so it was very easy to, you know, grab them and take them along everywhere we went. Yeah. There were times when I thought, I can't believe I've waited until I'm 60 years old to pursue this dream that I've been dreaming of forever. But it actually has turned out to be a really good time because. It's kind of my baby. It's kind of my child right now. Yeah. And I can give it a lot of attention. Wow. And it really helps that my husband has come right alongside me. Right. As you well know, and we work hand in hand. Anything that I can come up with, he helps me to yeah. complete it. Yeah.
0: Would you say that all those years leading up to prepared you. Oh, absolutely. And that mm-hmm. it wasn't so much, why isn't this happening? Mm-hmm. It was, I'm getting you ready because there'll be a right time for this right, to happen. Right. I think that's really powerful. It is. For and to trying hear. to figure out,
2: you know, when you love theater and drama and movies and you're in church, you're a believer. As you well know, up until a few years ago, there was not a lot of Christianity in that arena at all. And I was always struggling with how do I bring Christ in this? And yet, you know, not every drama has to be a Christian drama. Right. But I think your study years ago about the occupational callings, and they're not not anointed right you know you don't have to be behind the pulpit just right you know to be anointed in your life yeah in your giftings so yes to answer that question all of those years prepared me for dealing with people Mm -hmm. dealing with people and their children and so now when a child walks into my building or my space because of course I have Christ in me but there's a certain safe place mm-hmm. in this arena of drama right. and music. Yeah.
0: That, you know, sometimes can be a scary place for a parent. It's true and a lot of junk.
1: Absolutely. You know, I mean, I
0: have friends with kids that are very creative and talented and so they put them in the creative performing arts school in their city mm-hmm. and all kinds of crazy influences yes. are in there and they're mm-hmm. going, "What do I do with these gifts and talents?" Mm-hmm. So, to have a safe environment like that is right. huge.
2: And I've said a hundred times, I'm not making Broadway stars. I'm not making movie right. stars. I'm giving an opportunity to a child to be creative, yeah. to pull them out of maybe shyness or insecurities, so to good. celebrate their gifting. You know, just to walk across stage and say two lines in front of an audience it is a pretty be big a deal. A breakthrough moment Absolutely. for a kid. Yeah, And the parents are. So appreciative of having this environment to bring their children to. It's so good. Yeah.
0: Well, and I just love what you said just about the timing factor. Mm -hmm. You know, I think our culture is so youth-driven, you Mm -hmm. know, and the younger. and As young as you can get somebody to do it, the better. And so we tend to easily forget that God said to every time and season, there is purpose attached to it. Mm -hmm. And there can be some things that you've thought you were being denied, Mm -hmm. but really God was setting you up for the perfect time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow, isn't it so encouraging to hear the process and the journey of other people walking out God's plan and purpose for their life. I think listening to stories like these is just a reminder that there is no set perfect path for everybody, that God is leading us on our own journey. And that even though we may have gifts and talents that are different from the people around us, God has purpose and timing attached to every single one. I think these stories today remind us that God is a wise investor. He has invested certain gifts, talents, and abilities on the inside of you and the inside of me and He has purpose attached to those things. He also has timing attached to those things, but God never loses out on His investment. You know, you may know some people that would benefit from hearing these stories today, and I wanna encourage you to share this podcast with them and let it encourage them and speak to them as well. I am so excited to share with you part two of this tremendous conversation I got to have with Billy Burkhart, my grandmother. Her story is one that stands all on its own, and I cannot wait for you to hear the wisdom that comes from this amazing woman of God. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad that you've decided to be a part of this podcast journey with us. Have a great week. We are praying for you, and we love you. We'll see you here next time.